You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, all cheaters. Welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm good. I feel like there's a special energy in this episode, Josh, because we're <laughs> yeah. recording minutes after the Chelsea Spurs match. Yep. I'm glad we're not in the same room to try and like reenact the Conte Tuchel handshake. <laughs> yeah. The moment it, at which Conte <laughs> looks down at Tuchel's hand, like, is this really happening? Yeah. Uh, I just lost it. Like it's, it's, I, I can't, I can't tell where I stand. Like many people would say, this is the drama that we love, but also, um, I'm a there's grown no up. But. There's no, no, there's no, but necessary. This is sports. This is not important. Okay. And you should, you should enjoy it because like, they're not going to go like beat each other up in a back alley. Like it's, it's fine. You know, Are they not? like maybe I hope they do. That'd be even more drama. Uh, <laughs> it was great because you had, you know, you had the initial, play which you know fair enough i mean ultimately i think like yeah did that like start this the series of you know passes that ultimately led to the goal yes but there was like the play didn't get interrupted enough like it was a full minute after that so i think that you know and they did lose possession win it back score the goal so you know i think enough things changed i think for that to be not sure utterly responsible for what happened you know yeah uh, I, I, yeah. I I like really dislike groaning about refereeing decisions because Same. you know I, Me too. I'm more of a fatalist sort of like what will be will be if you if you yeah. leave the result of the match and the fates of the yeah. ref then you're actually your Calvinist mistake. it was all you think it was I, all rewritten so yeah <laughs> yeah so I do though think that match was riddled with a few more errors than one would like to see I think that Richarlison standing in an offside position was probably interfering. The hair pulling uh, was, you know, certainly something that should have been called for a foul at the very least. Yeah. But, but anyway, I it all evens I, out, right? That's what they always say, and I, I tend to think that's true. You know, you're going to yeah. get your share of calls on either side. On balance, Chelsea was the better team, I oh, think, and that was especially the, in the first half. Right, which so that like thinking about our FPL teams and the decisions we have to make going forward. This was a big learning for us because you know, we we did we predicted the table before the season started. We put Chelsea at fifth. They were not terribly convinced by the signings, where we were very convinced by the trajectory Spur- Conte had Spurs on. Mm-hmm. And I think what we saw in, uh, in Chelsea Spurs was the Tuchel signings are working quite well. Yep, uh, and guys like Perisic and Richarlison haven't fully bedded in. Richarlison was just useless when he came on. I, I hope that he continues to get better. But I, there's I don't t- know that I totally one. agree with that. I, I yeah. feel like he sort of maybe it's just because they changed their like sort of formation a little bit when he came on. But I, I thought they actually like found another gear when he entered the match, like whether he was directly responsible for that or not. I, I feel like just his sort of pace and, you know, same sort of playing out wide, you know, out on the left. I feel like that did stretch 
the pitch a little bit more and maybe open up some more opportunities yeah. for, for he, Spurs. He, he did lose control of the ball that led to the Reese James goal. Uh, I mean, yeah. whatever. We could go back and forth. The 2 2 <laughs> result. <laughs> yeah. the ener- this is not a Chelsea Spurs pod. <laughs> Let's yeah. continue to feed off of this energy. Clearly, one of those matches that was dramatic to watch, going to generate yeah. a ton of, co- of conversation. Uh, I was at uh, Smithfield Hall in New York City for the Manchester United match. Tons yeah. of Manchester United fans come to this bar, including our Patreon supporters. We had Toby there, Roly, Simon, mm-hmm. Matt, and Roly and Matt, huge Manchester United fans. I turned to Toby when the third, maybe fourth goal went in for Brentford. It came so fast. <laughs> and I said, I can't wait for the content. Uh, this is going to be a banner week for content. And I guess this is the way it goes with always cheating. I love it. We're first it's off. Like, so this is like know. what it, what it used to be like, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm, I, it, it's great. I mean, it's it, like proper, proper drama. I, I loved it. I think, I mean that, that game, I will say by the second half, it, you know, second half, both teams sort of just gave up, right. There wasn't like, I don't think like a single yeah. interesting thing happened in the second half of that, uh, man United Brentford game. Uh, I felt I had a moment finally where I was like, maybe I'm not enjoying this anymore. There was a, many, many years where Man United being just sort of like wasting their yeah. money, basically, just year after sure. year. And, uh, you know, was, there was a, you know, because they were just so dominant. I mean, I, I have been following the Premier League long enough to to be part of the Sir Alex era where they were just, they were the club and everyone sort of mm-hmm. had to bow to them, you know, for a long, long time. Um, and so watching this new version, this, this latest version, you're like, this is going to be, this is like a five-year rebuild, right? This isn't like yeah. there's no possible way for this to, to to turn around. And even you know, even if you want to put a, a fantasy spin in it, I can't imagine having anybody from this team <laughs> for a long, yeah. long time. The Brentford match was Manchester United's rise of Skywalker moment, where everybody was just like, "Okay, whoever's in charge of this franchise uh, has blown it." And it's going to take years <laughs> to get butts back in yeah. the seats to see another Star Wars movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was just like, I mean, both the Brentford and Brighton teams, it was, it was just they, they were both exactly the wrong teams for United to face early on, right? Because they may not be as talented. They're, they're certainly not in terms of pure talent, however, whatever that means, right? However you want to measure that. Like, Man United's got them, got them, you know, beat. But, like, when it comes to the actual squad, you know, and how they play together and what they look like, it's you know, night and day, right? I mean, you had two teams and then you had this kind of collection of, of stars, right? And it's, mm-hmm. you know, anyway, as you said, a lot of banter this weekend, a lot, a lot, to, yeah. a lot, a lot to, that we can dive into as we go through the pod. Uh, this is a fantasy podcast. We'll keep the focus on that. Uh, score check time. We are nine tenths of the way through the game week. We have one match tomorrow. Liverpool host Crystal Palace. And that should be very dramatic because this was the week where, Everybody moved from if you had Kane, then you brought in early in Holland. That was the move that seemingly everybody did this week. And it looked like you were going to come out. okay. even if you took a hit, it looked like you were going to come out just down one point. Right. Holland finished on five really was 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 not especially involved in that match. Um, uh, Unfortunately for all of us who captained him, which is practically everybody, although although most solid is captured by more than I was expecting, like enough that like if he really goes off tomorrow, it's going to hurt those of us who didn't captain him. So in that weird spot, you're kind of rooting against Salah. Yeah, we're <laughs> feeling pretty good about our green arrows at the moment. But yeah, a haul from Salah is probably the one thing that changes that for yeah. managers on greens right now. Yeah, but the you know, so it looked like you were going to come out ahead. And then, of course, what is it? The 97th minute of six minutes of extra time because there was like two minutes to decide how hard. Cucurella's hair was pulled 
and whether that was like a, a hard enough yeah. hair pull to justify a red card. Uh, turned out it wasn't. And uh, and then the Harry Kane scores possibly a Reese James own goal. You know, I guess it looks like Kane's going to going to get that one ultimately. Yeah, Kane, um, that's the yeah. power of Kane, right? The Kane mm-hmm. golden boot index is, is strong yeah. and he'll yeah. always get that decision for him. Yeah. Snags two bonus points as well. And suddenly... Kane outscores Holland by three points. It's, 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 you know, as, as this is just classic fantasy right here. It's just so hard to, mm-hmm. to have these play, like the right expensive players on the right weeks to, to get away with it. But, you know, you really can't blame anybody because Holland was so incredible in that West Ham match. And for anyone who watched the Bournemouth match, Bournemouth, I, I, I mean, I, I, my new like working theory is that Scotty Parker's only going to try to win the home games and he's going to conserve <laughs> their energy for the away matches because I don't think I've, I mean, they didn't try like that, you know, I mean, you can say that Man City just put on a clinic and, and, you know, Bournemouth couldn't get any oxygen, but that was, that was a, an unusually one-sided match, I would say. Scotty Parker's reputation is to be very defensive and very pragmatic. That's the game plan. You saw it so many times with Fulham when he brought them up and uh, like any, any, anytime Fulham were close to getting points off the top four, like Liverpool, for example, it was always because they were defending, you know, by the, the skin of their teeth. And I right. think that was the strategy there. But yeah, I, I agree, especially in those big matches, yeah. uh, go for clean sheets against Bournemouth. Yeah. But it wouldn't have taken much at all for the ball just to fall, have fallen to Holland in just the right spot. You know, Foden uh, had a yeah. clear square yeah, opportunity. The that's exactly just, yeah. that's exactly right. And there, there's some talk that that's why Foden was subbed at halftime. You know, it was a real like the Foden thing is just like a, now it now becomes a to be continued, right? Mm-hmm. It's be, you know, it's sort of do you want Foden or don't you? He comes out there, gets a goal assist in the first half, and then hooked at the 45 minute mark, like just enough to sort of make you think, uh, I don't know, you know. So he finishes on nine, but now you don't even know if he's going to start next week. You know, yeah. so it's classic, classic Man City. You know, wingers just a lot of a lot of stress there i you know when he scored the, the goal and the assist in the first half though it, it did make me think about a you know kind of a what i think is a weak spot in my own game which is i almost like just congenitally unable to bring in a player that is a rotation risk like i just i cannot do it it's like it's just i absolutely hate yeah. bringing it up maybe i can do it on a wild card you know, where I can sort right. of build my bench and have a little bit, be a little bit stronger. But I hate wasting a transfer on a rotation from a player. It drives me nuts. Yeah, because you're trying to conserve your stress level for the actual matches, <laughs> yeah, the actual exactly. outcomes, as opposed yeah. to the team sheets. Let's leave the team sheets out of this. I know. I can't train my brain to be remot- robotic enough to just not sweat every minute of all these games. You know, right. it's like once they're on, it's like I, I have to, I need a rooting interest. I've got to have something I'm, you know, I care about in the game. You know, we, we talk about pure watches a lot in the match. And, but I feel like even then I kind of know what I want to see in the match. You know, like yeah. I, even if someone's only 3% out, I'm like, well, it'd be better if he didn't do anything. You know, that'd really so, be. <laughs> so Foden is one of those players that, that came to light this weekend. And I think we already know where you stand there. But the theme that we're setting out here is, after two game weeks under our belts, save the Liverpool Palace match to come, which FPL players are we reconsidering as we look ahead to game week three? And then near the end of the podcast, we'll run through the fixtures for game week three and touch upon any big themes we see uh, that come through there. That's exactly right. Just, you know, because I set this up, Brandon, I didn't actually finish the conversation. Uh, score check time. How are you doing so far in game week two? I cannot complain. Yeah, Captain Holland. I almost called him Mo Holland. How is that for a <laughs> uh, yeah. Captain Holland? And 
I think I I just couldn't imagine the world would continue to exist if Holland didn't score a goal against Bournemouth. He didn't, but I we got an attacking return. And believe you me, as we go through the season, captain fails are going to look a lot worse than this, not even knowing what Salah's going to do on Monday. So I think as Holland captainers, we have to be positive going ahead with an attacking return and you just take that for what it is. My defense is so good, Josh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cancelo and then the uh, defenders versus each other, Trippier versus Dunk, both coming through with seven points, and then Ederson yeah. in goal. So huge to get me to 63 points. So I couldn't really be happier with how my defense is shaping up. And then, of course, I left Nico Williams on the bench for his six-pointer, and he looked amazing uh, against yeah. West Ham. He was all over the pitch, I think, the story to a degree the first two weeks here has been playing at home has been mm-hmm. so powerful. And you yeah. can see Newcastle last weekend, Forest this weekend. Uh, so many, the, the comeback that Southampton was able to carry off, uh, the power of playing at home, even, even Chelsea's performance. So yeah. um, getting a green arrow, if you know, let, let, we're jumping into the top one million, you and I both. Josh, how are you looking this game week? Yeah, basically exactly the same. I think I'm one point behind you now in terms of overall points. I'm on uh, 133. It looks like you're at 134. So yeah, I jumped about a million, uh, which I feel pretty good about. It was even higher going into today. And then Mason Mount, just another disappointing performance. That was just a, uh, it was a bad pick and uh, he is gone. He will definitely be gone. I don't even, I don't even care who he turns into at this point. Like yeah. I would, I'd rather feel like nobody. Uh, I, I want to feel 10 players next week, Brandon. I've already used one of my free transfers. I tried to beat the Martinelli. Well, I did beat the Martinelli price hike his second. Okay. Saka had to go and Saka was my Mason Mount. Uh, Arsenal looked incredible against Leicester from an attacking perspective. And Saka was just a little too peripheral for my taste. The points will come for him, but Martinelli, hard to deny the value at six, now 6.2 million. So he had to come in, and now I have to figure out what to do with Leon Bailey, but mm-hmm. I have uh, 6.9 in cash okay. now to, to work with. We're going to talk about midfielders over the next, look at look at a few midfield options over the next three to five weeks. So that's, that's a consideration for me as well. Uh, you know, it's also, as we've been talking about all preseason, Brendan, the year of the forward trademark mm-hmm. always cheating sure. it's also the year of the defender trademark everyone else you know so i think that there's a lot uh what i really want to do now is i want to play a five two three i want i want to have five in the back two defenders in the middle and then three forwards up front because Seri- are you uh, serious yeah i'm serious okay. i I don't like any of the midfield options outside of Mosala and Gabriel Martinelli. I like. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll look at some more options. See if, see if anybody else like shines right now. But you know, maybe uh, maybe I can talk myself into uh, Luis Diaz or something like that. But mm-hmm. my thinking now is uh, I, I want more money in my defense and more money in my uh, in my forward line. I I, I don't really want a four point five million uh, forward any longer. And so, um, especially I don't know. I'm just I'm just like really enamored with. Uh, with Ivan Tony right now and, mm-hmm. uh, and Bomo a little bit as well. You know, I'm really at you know, 6 million. Like I can get to him fairly easily. So that's, that's another he, option. He so. took his goal really nicely to get yeah. that fourth for Brentford. Very yeah. impressive. Do you think James Madison has to be considered as well? Um, yep. you know, total talk about players that we need to reconsider a little bit. I feel like he really flew under 
the radar and um you know he's looked um you know well it's funny yeah. he actually didn't even look that great in the first half and then i thought he looked he looked better in the second weird weird second half of that arsenal lester game i think he suffered from preseason because of the narrative of surrounding lester and we didn't right. really feel like we wanted to consider a lester player yeah and now he's kind of suffering for however much he's probably not suffering uh because lester's defense is so bad yeah. uh that we're still like resistant to that if, if madison stays at leicester if he goes to newcastle does that change the equation at all i don't really know i mean it's you could argue it just it only makes him more valuable yeah right yeah that's you know? what i think so, I'm, I, yeah. I think he is more appealing if he yeah. does make that newcastle move but yeah. then but on the have, other hand i agree he's yeah. still very appealing at leicester leicester have southampton and man united at home in two of the next three and those are about two of the two of the three teams you like two or three or four teams you probably most want to face mm-hmm. uh, right now. I mean, Man United, that is just, it's shocking, Brandon. You know, we've already talked about it a little bit. I, I have to restrain myself because yeah. it's, I don't know why, what is it about them that just like, it's, I guess it's because they're just such a big club. It's like, it's like I could just spend an hour just talking about Man United, you know, just like I have like all of these thoughts. It's like, because of the, the kind of club, it's like, even if you're a neutral they're so big. Like they, it's like they're, they're such a massive presence. They're on TV all the time. They're, they're, they're publicly traded. Josh. They're publicly <laughs> traded. Exactly. If you, if you watch Premier League, you are almost like a de facto man United supporters because of how much man United content is in front of you all the time. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, all right, well let's, you know, so I think we're both feeling pretty good. We'll see you, you and I in our kind of mini, our mini version of that, our, our head to head. It looks like I'm two points ahead of you uh, with Robertson versus your Diaz. We both yep. have Trent and and uh, and um, Salah. So uh, I think that's a that's a fun race, and I think that uh, that Robertson situation will be really interesting to watch over the next. Um, uh, you know, Robertson versus Diaz over the next few weeks. And, you know, I mean, Robertson to James is incredibly tempting, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I mean, Robertson's great in, an, in, an, you know, in, in his own right, but you know, once James, okay, here's a question for you. I know we're kind of scattered and we're going to move into proper content in a second here, sure. but a question for you, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, talented huh. player, like, you know, big, strong, tall, uh, <laughs> handsome, why, handsome. Why can't he play as a right-sided center back and, and then and then allow Reese James to play as as a you know right wing back. Like, couldn't yeah. you teach Ruben Loftus cheek how to be a center back? Like would this be so hard for him? Like he's you know, it feels like he's already done some kind of you know, I mean obviously he's, he's kind of like a box to box player, but he it feels like he could probably do a job as a defensive midfielder. He couldn't play yeah. as a center back too. I think his speed and movement is a problem. He's so languid in the midfield, which I think hampers his midfield ability he's just like so slow to engage with the play and i think yeah put him at center back and i think he'd get roasted by really yeah pacey forwards uh and he wouldn't be quick to shuffle his feet to try and defend a one-on-one so yeah yeah, i it like shades of his loan spell at fulham today in that right right wing back position so i i just yeah he he he's just not kicked on and he's like at that stage of his career where it just might never happen for him. I think if you're a Reese James owner, even though he started the match as a right-sided center back, he was really advanced. I mean, it's it's almost like he's a right-sided center back in 
in d- defense and then sort of moving yeah. forward he yeah. he shifts roles a little bit you know and yeah he kind of yeah. winks at uh rlc and says don't worry lad i'll take it from here i've got it <laughs> yeah, exactly they took him off they took him off free kicks which is which is are are they off corners. corner kicks yeah, yeah. corner yeah look uh, cucarella was taking the corners mason mount was taking the corners on the other side but um yeah and cucarella looked really good uh immediately mm-hmm. and he's only five million so i think we're really um yeah, I mean, okay, I think the the team that just in general we need to reconsider right now is is Chelsea, um, yeah. and and you know what, what we want to do with the defense, um, and I, I mean Raheem Sterling, you're probably going to bring him in like as soon as possible, right? <laughs> soon as I can, <laughs> yeah, yeah, ten million for an assist once a month, uh, it's, it's yeah. hard to resist, Josh. Same same as ever, right? With Sterling, I mean, it's just you know incredible running and box to box, like you know it's it, he, like you, you know he finds positions and he mm-hmm. gets into the box and he has a lot of movement there and then he just it's like he just he has a real affinity for shooting into traffic i feel like that's like a real yeah. like raheem story like three defenders in front of him and a goalkeeper and he'll just he shoots right into that mix yeah. and i feel like that happened like three times today he's definitely improved the attack at chelsea there's no doubt about it great signing but yeah the the fruits of, of fantasy uh, don't look like they're coming soon they will come at some point can you afford to have him when they do come? That's the harder question. Yeah, I don't think so. But I think there are a lot of players that I that I do that I meant that I'm very I, I'm feeling very positive coming out of this weekend because, you know, fantasy wise, it was it was a pretty good weekend. It was, um, you know, certainly enough for me to feel like great, like thumbs up, like should end the weekend at Green Arrow no matter what. Um, and, you know, but I also just think from an entertainment standpoint, I really enjoyed watching games this weekend yeah. you know i just really had a good time there was i didn't feel like you had a, a ton of clunkers uh you know that like that chelsea everton match last weekend was just kind of like a little bit you're like ah like mm-hmm. are we gonna have a lot of these but I, I felt like we didn't you know the only one really i think was this was the everton fulham game and i didn't even watch that one so I, i'm off the, the wolves there. fulham wolves fulham. Or the, yeah or the wolves home excuse me yeah did you watch that one at all no, I was uh, to double screening uh, the Bournemouth City and then Arsenal Leicester. So yeah, just tuned in for the Jose Saw highlight reel, which yeah. like that guy's back in a in a big way. Yeah, Mitro Penmas. Yeah, yeah. Mitro and stuff. Declan Rice took the exact same pen this weekend, which was very unfortunate. That would have. Yeah, I guess I still have slow. to be <laughs> low and slow. <laughs> Poor Declan Rice. He 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 had he exhibited zero confidence when he stepped up to take. Yeah, that. it's like just let your well, one of the just do it. He, yeah, he was, you could see him thinking, and you're like, you are remembering how English you are in this moment, and that is not good <laughs> for this I feel situation. Like Jared Bowen would like drill those, you know. I don't know, but like yeah. I'm not I'm not a West Ham supporter. They 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 they're probably shaking their heads right now. So Brandon, let's let's. Uh, just quickly, uh, our first live ticketed event is happening Saturday, September 10th, Fest NYC. Of course, we're doing that in partnership with all the great folks at Fest, which is, uh, you know, huge, increasingly huge brand yeah. organization um, with, with co-sponsor. The event itself is sponsored by FPL Game Week, which is an absolutely wonderful site, a great place to go and check yeah. your live scores all week long. You go to FPLGameWeek.com to um, do that. I, I'm literally, I have a tab open as we're talking right now on, yep. that, on that page. It's, it's terrific. And I'm uh, tracking my Game Week score right next to yours because I have you as my main rival on the FPL Game yeah. Week the word, site. Cool. You, me, same. You know, that's what I'm seeing right now. So, yeah. Yeah, and and you know, Fest itself is a, is, a, is a joint venture co-sponsored by uh, by Hub, uh, Fix, and Scout. 
you know, so uh, three three big organizations. That's uh, September 10th. Uh, Mark uh, Southerns is going to be there. Gianni Battici is going to be there. Uh, Ed Gray, the organizer of FAST, is going to be there. People have been fl- are flying in from all over the country. We are quickly approaching 100 tickets sold for that event, right now, which is fantastic. Uh, we do have some capacity limits, so if you want to get those tickets, uh, there's about three and a half weeks to go. I highly, highly recommend you go this week and get those tickets before uh, we sell out. So please uh, go check it out. We're going to be watching live matches. We're going to be doing live recordings. We're going to have um, uh, there's actually a pitch across the uh, across the kind of hallway uh, from the venue where people can go and kick around. It's also it's literally on a rooftop. It's called Sunset Park rooftop, so you can see the Manhattan views from up there. So yeah, go go to fast-nyc.com to get tickets. Special note to Patreon uh, members, if you're planning to go to Fest, we have a 10% discount code on tickets. Hit us up. Patreon, of course, is a great way to say thank you to what Josh and I do each and every week here at Always Cheating. Go to patreon.com slash always cheating to see the various tiers of support and what you get in return, which would include an extra ad-free podcast every Thursday night as we're wrapping up our game week decisions. T-shirts at the highest level. We get mini league mate uh, week in review recaps every week, and we're doing a T-shirt giveaway uh, for our top manager every month. Thank you to our new patrons this week: Tom Davies, Rogers, Max Wilder, Chase Christianer, Jordan Amos, Matt Burke, Stein Thor, Sigurdsson, and Paulo Cardonia. Again, Patreon.com/slash Always Cheating. Josh, I think it's time we take a quick break so we can prepare ourselves for. FPL players who we want to reconsider going into game week three. All right, Brandon, we're back. It's a two part podcast, Brandon. Part one are players that we're going to reconsider. Part two is looking ahead to game week three and beyond. We have a very interesting captaincy debate in game week three. We also have some long term midfielders and forwards that I want to talk to you about a little bit. But let's start off with our Chelsea corner. We started talking about Chelsea earlier. It's obviously on everyone's mind that game was incredible. But I also think that in general, there was some worry about Chelsea going into the season. They had a couple of really rough preseason matches, lost 4-0 to Arsenal. Lost, I think, was it was it 4-0 to Minnesota United? That's was, right. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, and okay, you can say preseason doesn't matter, but... It, it, it's hard not to weigh in you a little bit going into the season. It's, it's sure. you know, it's a little bit, it's, it, it can stress you out a little bit. So, uh, you know, but they've come out, I thought, um, especially in the first half of that game, they were uh, absolutely incredible. I mean, it was, it was a one nil that was an utterly dominant one nil. I mean, Spurs could not get the ball. And so for all my sort of complaints about Reese James as a right-sided center back, I mean, that's really more of a fantasy complaint. I mean, they were completely dominant uh, in the, in the first half of that match. And then you have this guy, you know, Kukurea comes in and, you know, I, I like Ben Chilwell, but uh, you can immediately see why this guy forced his way into the team immediately. I thought he was terrific. Took a really nice corner kick that the the, the Koulibaly scored on. Um, I just thought he was very. He found, he found space really well. I felt like mm-hmm. on the, on the left, um, yeah. and was just it, it just he and uh, um, Mason Mount I thought were really moving together well. So you know, it was only five million in fantasy too. So uh, Tom D says, "Hey guys, thoughts on Cucurella as an option? He's one million cheaper than James and looks to be favored at ring, uh, wing back based on today." Granted, James still gets the goal. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah how how much longer does Ben Chilwell uh, do we do we have the debate? Well, it's still Ben Chilwell's spot to have, and how well does Kukurea have to play? Can he play better than he did today to just ensure that Ben Chilwell is locked to the bench? Like I've, I, Ben Chilwell's only real enemy right now, I think, is his his physical and mental 
wellness himself uh, himself yes yeah. <laughs> but, so i i think still for the time being you'll see kukureya and chillwell share minutes yeah. so that's like you know you go back to you know the the various lessons learned throughout the years james justin you know why why get james justin at leicester he's clearly just a temporary until whichever fullback gets back lo and behold he has that starting role for the rest of the season so i don't want to james justinify Kukurea, but I am I would not be prepared to make that move. And I don't think James is really difficult to afford. I think if you can get Kukurea, you could definitely get James. And he's I agree, Josh. He is the one you want. Yeah, I think that it's um I mean I, I was just talking about my blind spot with rotation prone players, right? And Kukurea probably falls into that category. I think that it really, you really have to remember that the uh, when the Champions League starts, it's going to cause a lot of chaos. There's uh, six Champions League matches played in eight weeks, and I think James is so valuable and so important to Chelsea, as you can see, basically any time he's on the pitch, right? He's taking, yeah. you know, basically like every, like, you know, tons of free kicks. He's uh, covering, you know, sun, uh, you know, he, you know, his, his speed allows him to cover the, t- the other team's best defender. Yeah, right. Okay. So in that match, he's man marking sun, he's playing right wing back. He's playing right center back. And then they get that uh, breakaway. Sterling has it in the middle of the 18. Of course, who pops up unmarked? It's Reese James. It's like, incredible. It's really he, really he was wild. someone marked that had a moment where I because I, I, I was just looking away from the screen for a second when it happened. And I was like, how did like, where's everybody else? You know, it was like <laughs> it was cra- crazy how much space he had. There was a lot of lollygagging amongst those Spurs yeah. players. Benton Court was on lollygag radar for me. Uh, he, he was not moving very fast in that match. So I talked about the Champions League. I mean, just just so people are aware, uh, the Champions League will kick off uh, between game week six and game week seven. Um, and from there, it's it's a real blitz of matches. You have the ma- I, I mean, obviously we have Champions League qualifying going on right now, but I mean, the, the proper group stage matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the sixth and seventh. And then there's another Champions League round literally the next week, the 13th and the 14th. Uh, and then you have two weeks off. I think the the only international break of the season happens around then as well. Um, and then uh, the 4th and the 5th, and then the 11th and the 12th. So again, you have this block in October where they play two Champions League matches in um, back-to-back weeks. And then uh, match week 5 and match week 6 are the same two-week block. That, that's um, October 25th, 26th, November 1st and 2nd. So they will be completely done with the group stages uh, about 10 days before the season comes to a halt for... Um, for the world cup. So it's a lot of matches. Um, and, and obviously Chelsea are in the champions league. And so, you know, I think there's a good chance. I think that you get away with Kukurea early on and, and then you can honestly just move him uh, on your, on your first wild card. And that that's, that's an option too. I mean, I, I could see his value just cause he is 5 million, right. And at 5 million, it's, I think you can handle a little bit of rotation risk, you know? Sure. Um, yeah, and so, that's fair. I, yeah. So I think he's, I think he's an, I, I don't want to just totally, I, I'm kind of with you. I mean, maybe you could try to even have both. I don't know. Like if that, that you know, mm. cost you 11 million to have those two players. I mean, that's, that's not, it's not a bad option. And uh, yeah, I mean, what, what a Rabo and Trent cost 14.5, you know, yeah. it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty massive savings. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I said at the top of the show, I was really happy with my defense and guys like Duncan Trippier came through really well but and i have no 
Chelsea players. You look at Chelsea's upcoming fixtures, Leeds, Leicester, Southampton, West Ham, Fulham. It's very good. It's very, very good versus Newcastle, host City uh, in game week three, Wolves. Then they have Liverpool. So uh, uh, some of these mid-range defenders have dicey fixtures coming up. Based on what we've seen of Chelsea, I, I, I think I agree. That is a great way to shore up your lineup. So, you know, I think we, we, we yeah, I think we've kind of, I've probably talked enough at this point about the, about the Chelsea. I mean, Koulibaly is, is right there as well. I mean, he's in between the prices of those two players and uh, 5.5 million. And he's, he's basically in that Rudiger spot. I don't think he's like going to get rested at all this season, like barely ever. They really yeah. don't have the the center back depth to, to do it. So um, if you really, you know, if you're, if you're the kind of fantasy manager that, that values safety, um, and obviously he's got a little bit of goal threat. I think he scored three goals last season, um, in the, uh, in Serie A. So, uh, you know, he, he looks pretty active. I liked his fire too. Like he scored the first goal and then yeah. it was like 10 minutes later, there was a second corner kick and he had a little bit of a chance. And then he's just, just pounding the ground screaming. And it was like, <laughs> it was like a little intense, but I kind of loved it. Especially cause like, you know, cut to like an hour later when Mason Mount misses like a, a very, you know, kind of a simple, a simple shot. He just sort of shrugs and laughs and you're like, the last, <laughs> the last thing you want to see when he's in your fantasy team, like, and be like, right. ah, well, who cares? You know, we got yeah. this one sewn up two one in 85th minute. Um, so I, I think that, I think the Koulibaly, uh, is there as well. I don't think that, um, uh, Tiago Silva, he was really anonymous in this match, right? I feel like I barely yeah. noticed him. It was kind of, kind of which is not a bad thing in real no, life for true. a center that's back. True. But as far as fantasy goes, where are the bonus points going to come from? You know, Mendy's yeah. Mendy's going to get those Koulibaly, James, uh, the fullbacks, uh, etc. But then further up the pitch, uh, you know, we've already sort of written Sterling off just because of his price tag. You're ready to move Mount out. Uh, anybody from Havertz to Pulisic, uh, that's not working fantasy wise. Yeah, Havertz was uh, not great, and it looks like Tuchel really wants to sign a center forward before the transfer window closes in a few weeks, whether it's Aubameyang or whoever. And that probably means one of these attacking mids. Like it means Havertz is going to yeah. move to the bench, definitely. I think so. He had some moments, but ultimately, he's just not feels like they need someone who can they need somebody who can finish up front for them i don't know like i mean i don't know i guess they kind of had that in lukaku last year and it didn't work so it's it's not just it's not just about being able to finish but it's uh um i don't know we'll we'll, we'll end josh's tactical corner here brandon but i think that mason mount um i mean i i just think that match to me was just a reminder i talked about this in last week's pod and i'll just repeat it again which is that uh reese james is mason mount except he's two million cheaper and he gets mm-hmm. clean sheets i mean you know <laughs> he does all the things you want mount to do um you know he gets you know he's has a ton of assists that he should have had an assist today uh scores goals as assists. he's cheaper um i mean i would be very surprised with, with one of my two transfers if I didn't bring in Reese James uh, this week. I, I, that's really where I'm where I'm looking. And whether that's Robbo down to Reese James or I free up enough money to move Nico Williams to Reese James, I think that's 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 what I'm considering right now. So if you do the five two three, that would mean Mason Mount becomes somebody really cheap. Uh, yeah, a Josh De Silva or whatever. A Josh you know. De Silva, yeah, yeah, like two starts in a row, two goals, and he's priced at four point five. Yeah, I think, which he's, is he, insane. Yeah, he's got two goals, and it's, and it's on like point zero 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 one xg or whatever. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. but but still, I mean, like he's super cheap, and it looks like he's going to be starting for them now. So I, 
I, you know, that's I just buy, that's like buying a government bond. You know that De Silva will increase in value. Is it at the end of the season? <laughs> Are you going to be able to pay for your college education with Josh De Silva? <laughs> no, but uh, but yeah. So I I think that's interesting. I'm curious to see how you play that. That brings in. I mean, let's let's just you know we'll pivot down to this because another you know reconsider. It's and one of the reasons we're doing this as a famous week is because I feel like this is especially in our two weeks. This is when we start getting the the is it time to consider is it time to reconsider questions mm-hmm. about you know it's we have, we have it's it's still a very small sample size obviously but it's enough for us to already start forming some opinions about who we you know what the story of the season is going to be who the who the teams are that we want to target a little bit and Fede said should we be considering Brentford assets um, I even you know it's, it's probably too bad for Brentford in a way that that match became a a man I mean we did it ourselves at the top of the podcast right mm-hmm. it's like it, it became the story Man United but. Credit to Brentford. I mean, that sure. they played well. They defended well. I mean, the, the Mignana had no chances in that game. Like, it was yeah. very, very little. Uh, you know, they couldn't breathe. Like, it was – Brentford were very impressive, I thought. And all the podcasts we listened to this week put a word cloud together. The phrase credit to Brentford is going to be huge. <laughs> it's going to be very big. Yeah. A very big credit to Brentford week coming up. And, yeah, the <laughs> looking ahead to their fixtures, the time is still right to buy these guys. They're yep. away Fulham in a West London derby in game week three, followed by Everton, Palace, Leeds, and Southampton. They're incredible, and I think they're – Defenders showed last season, at least the first half of the season, that they were good for the odd set piece goal. And uh, they, you know, Thomas Frank's brand of football is organized enough where you'd probably see a few more clean sheets even after that United result. So, yeah, I think I think these this is uh, one of the best teams to enable some other moves in your squad, whether it's the guys you've already mentioned, Josh, or it's Mbomo, who is one of the cheapest starting forwards at six yep. million De Silva in the midfield at 4.5 and their defenders are coming through with big points too yeah I mean I, I would even consider a minus four this week right like you could do Mount to De Silva uh you could go um your 4.5 million to Mbomo and then you'd still have enough money to go Nico Williams to Reese James mm-hmm. um now of course that's all before price changes like that might be a thing that would have to happen today mm-hmm. but I think that you could really see um a way that, that could be a really valuable set of moves right there. I mean, you're basically all, who are you really getting rid of in that case? Right. It's like a, you turn Mason mound into basically two players that you'd really want. And then Josh De Silva is like, a, I mean, Josh De Silva, I'm not like, I don't want, I thought he played well. And I, you know, I, I mean, I, but like, I, I want to, I don't want to sound like I'm over the top, you know, enamored with him, but, um, a 4.5 million starting player who looks pretty good uh, and then five great fixtures ahead. I mean, again, we're all going to be wild carding fairly early. We should, there's no reason to wait to wild card late because you've got to use that wild card before the international break, or you're going to lose it and you get, I'm sorry, before the world cup break. And if, you know, once you get out of the world cup break, you have unlimited transfers going into the return of fantasy. So there's absolutely no reason for you to hold on to that wild card any later than game weeks, eight, nine, or 10. I mean, obviously you shouldn't force it if your team looks great, but um, you know, for me, I think it's a little easier to to take some chances and take some flyers in these guys because um, you know, I'm going to be able to move away from them fairly quickly. Yeah, and uh, uh, Andreas Pereira at Fulham, uh, four four point five. He's he's with a knock now. So I think we've already kind of talked about where these four point five guys fit into our squad. So whether it's Pereira or De Silva, these guys are perfect for the first bench spot yeah. on your team. Like a good guy who gets minutes. So yeah, you can praise De Silva. It doesn't mean we have to think about starting him every week. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, Artem Ermission, Brandon. I guess we should give Spurs some credit for this comeback, right? Like they, oh, credit uh, to Spurs. Yeah. Credit to Spurs. Uh, credit to Spurs. Credit to, credit to everybody, Brandon. Everybody who won this this weekend, <laughs> credit to you, okay? Uh, but uh, Artem Armishan says, do I keep believing in Harry Kane? So this is a Kane owner. Should they keep the faith, Brandon? Yeah, I think so. I, I think it was, it, was a, it was a hard match to assess Spurs because, you know, I, I personally thought that they would uh, be a bit more aggressive, uh, just show a little bit more football at least in the first half uh but it this is not a team Conte won't allow it Kane is not the sort to hang his head uh if yep. he feels like they drop points he'll just come back bigger and and better and I I mean, he's I Kane's gonna score 20 goals this season I believe that emphatically so I think if you if you held on to Kane through this game week then I'd actually if you you dodged a major bullet with the Holland yeah. captaincy. You got away with it, and now it's it's going to be much smoother sailing with uh, Kane ownership. You look at Spurs; they have Wolves and Forest uh, in the next two, and I I think that you could we you could actually gain on Holland owners with Kane in the next two weeks if everything goes according to plan. So yeah, I, he's he's a hold at the moment. Uh, yeah, a hold or even a buy, right? Yeah. I think that yeah. Um, I mean, their 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 next difficult fixture is game week seven away to Man City, and then yeah, really really nice run ahead. The cameraman, by the way, one hundred percent thought that Richarlison scored that <laughs> yeah, goal. Right, they, what happened? Yeah. Kane, Kane barreled <laughs> into the back of the net, and he had to. You could tell he was struggling to get out of the net because he could see Richarlison wheeling away, and he was like, "Oh no, my friend! <laughs> oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> we saw this happen to Christian Eriksen, and uh, <laughs> this is happening again. Harry Kane's gonna claim it i mean the, the pressure i think now is on sala uh well the pressure is really on sala because why why are we not just going to turn sala into de bruyne after what we saw against bournemouth uh, you know there, that's there's a debate but the yeah. pressure is on these premium mids. Sala's the victim by the way of hasn't played yet in game week two right? <laughs> yeah right yeah. right yeah so this this argument is moot of course if sala goes off against palace but there is I could easily see us all having Kane and Holland together up top in a month's time and uh, going much cheaper across the midfield to afford that because yes, we'll say it time and time again, right, Josh? You're the forward. 
year of the forward. It's on, it's upon us, Brandon, uh, patent pending. Uh, we got We got to, we got to send ourselves a self, like, you know, like a, an unsealed envelope, you know, they just read, it just says, you the forward typed in it, you know, just so, <laughs> so like Brendan Rogers style, like, uh, yeah, which, which just, trademark yeah, will disappoint yeah, exactly. us. At the end co- yeah. This trademark will disappoint us. <laughs> um, there's a question from Ben Gautier it says, can we go Martinelli or an out of position Rodrigo over an 8 million mid, uh, midfield scores seem a bit random so far. I mean, obviously it's early. You already talked about Martinelli a little bit. Yeah. The Rodrigo thing I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll give it to you first because I like Leeds and rooting for them. It's harder for me to believe in Rodrigo still. Well, I mean, Bamford took a little bit of a knock this week. And if Rodrigo starts in good form, which he never has, mm-hmm. that's what Leeds have, you know, were crying out for all last season is somebody to fill that Bamford void. So yeah. like I, Rodrigo had his chance last year. He and, did. And he, he blew it. it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I understand that. I, I, I believe people can change though, Josh. I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not weighed down by my inherent yeah. bias against Rodrigo. Now the turn tables. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like ultimately he, he, he remains at best in the watch list category. I'm sure. not ready to bring him in. Yeah. I mean, come Chelsea, on. They, Chelsea home of gaming three. Yeah. A little less appealing. Right. Give yourself one more week uh, to, to uh, see what's going on there. But I, I don't know. I'll keep my eyes out for him. Leeds are going to score a few more goals and uh, go with it. Like four matters in this price category, I think. And there's no use getting Rodrigo in for like the long haul because this is the price category where I think you need to move quickly. So if you're really big on Rodrigo, you should probably get him now. I mean, yes. Chelsea in game week three feels quite bad, but I think generally speaking in the six, 6.5 million category, you need to move. That's why I just jumped on Martinelli. Cause I was like, all right, two game weeks is plenty for me to see yeah. that I got Saka over Martinelli wrong. And uh, I need to move fast here. So I did the benefit of Martinelli uh, is yeah, right now is that he's scoring points, but also it's his price. Yeah. And the higher his price becomes, the less useful he is to maneuver. You know, you, then it's like, well, you might as well have Saka uh, once he starts bagging goals. So, yeah, I, Rodrigo, what, what's your retort to that? I think for me, it's it's hard to undo the, the what you know the, my feeling about Rodrigo because I I've just had over the last his first two seasons of the Premier League, I had a lot of faith in him. Mm-hmm. You know, he came in, he was starting for Spain, you know, he was an international, he was, uh, going to Bielsa team. Like I, I was, you know, he, he came in at, he was like a, you know, 6 million forward or something like that. And I was like, Oh, this guy's going to like displace Bamford and, and be the starting forward for Leeds. And it just kind of it really didn't happen that first year. And then the second year when Bamford was injured, he really kind of had his moment and you thought he was going to, you know, take the mantle. And so I, I'm not, I'm just not sure whether Jesse Marsh is really, I don't know, like, breathe new life into him or something like that. I mean, he's 30 years old or, you know, roughly I, I, he's not young, you know? And so I'm not, I'm not sure that like, you know, we're, we're witnessing like a, like a, a real change in what kind of player he is. I, it's not I, a Rodrigo Assange. I don't think it's a Rodrigo Assange. I'm not okay. sure. I mean, I think this does sort of play us into an interesting question, which is from Inav who says, uh, you know, what midfielders am I supposed to go with for the next three to five fixtures as I have a Mason Mount problem. And now I've, I've got a Mason Mount problem too, man. <laughs> so when, when you look ahead to the next uh, handful of fixtures, I think that 
it's it's really the same story we had in preseason in some ways, right? You have the kind of um, you have the premium players. You got Son and Salah and De Bruyne, who are uh, you know, I mean, Son has not shown so far this season. It's hard to great pun. Well done. You know what? That was an entirely <laughs> unintentional. I swear to you, that was not intentional. Uh, Son has not, you know, he's not been great so far. Uh, uh, you know, I do wonder, I mean, you know, when they're playing four up front with Kulisevsky, Son, Kane, and uh, and um, Richarlison, I was like, that is probably not great for Son, right? Having yeah. though that many different kind of options. I mean, I, I, I was just, I, I felt like he was barely involved at all. Maybe it's his new haircut. I don't really know. But he just, it's, <laughs> he, it's not, he benefits yeah. from space, uh, a cane playing him into space or him just yeah. running into space. Yeah. So yeah, the more forwards you throw onto the pitch, the harder that is going to be to come by for son. So I, I yeah. agree. It's, it's, uh, it's unclear where that, that's why we're so high on Kane right now yeah. is I think anybody who can cut through that, it's going to be Harry Kane on Spurs. I know. I don't know if there's a way to have Kane, Son, and or I mean, or I mean to have Kane, Holland, and uh, Salah. I think that's that that's still that, that was the question in preseason. It remains the question now. But yeah. just to, just stay focused on the forwards for a second. Um, I think Luis Diaz looks. He looked terrific in game week one. We're recording this on Sunday afternoon. We you know we'll see how he looks against Crystal Palace. I mean, I, I'm trying to imagine outside of an injury, what would happen tomorrow that would dramatically change how I feel about him because I, I I'm you know very enthusiastic. Um, you know, I mean, I think. I know you just punched on Saka, but I, I the, the interesting thing about Saka right now is they have this kind of he's playing a little further back, right? They have this kind of he's like a little bit. It's like he's a right wing back. It well, it's like he's like a right wing back when they're defending, yeah. but he is um, more like a right wing in attack. Yeah. And you so can it, see yeah. when Arsenal transitions into attack, he's always a little bit behind the play. Right. And Martinelli will be up there with Jesus. And you talk about anybody who's played ultimate team on FIFA will know yeah. the quickest way to increase your team chemistry is to get guys from the same nationality. Yeah. So you've got Martin, <laughs> you've got the two Gabbies, Gabriel Jesus and Gabriel okay, Martinelli. Three. Gabriel too. And Gabriel. Yeah. Three yeah. Gabbies. Uh, that's a team name. If I ever heard one, the Gabby's three, uh, yeah. the Gabby's three. So yeah, I, I just think all signs are pointing to Martinelli over Saka. And yeah, I think we, we always provide this caveat, Josh, with these Arsenal midfield options, the points will come yeah. for both Saka and Martinelli. It just feels like a luxury. Saka feels like a luxury that I can't afford slash don't want to yeah. uh, be invested in at the moment. It's funny because he is on the table for me and it, it would be amazing if I brought him in the week that you sold, that would be a real hashtag banter for this podcast. Sure. Brandon. Yeah. So I, I think that he's up there. I mean, I think what I would ideally like to do though is, is make a sale that would free up some cash for me. But when I look at who I might sell, there aren't a lot of moves that outside of just dropping way down that I find hugely appealing. I already have Martinelli in my squad. Odegaard to me, 6.5 million. I feel like he's just not quite involved enough uh, for me to, to really consider him. I'm also kind of feeling like I need to have, or I want to have an Arsenal defender long-term, um, you know, um, I, I, you know, that may be Gabriel, honestly, it, I, you know, it may still be Zinchenko who looks, looks terrific. And I, mm-hmm. I it's hard for me to imagine that Zinchenko is going to be dropping to the bench anytime soon, even, even if they bring in, um, uh, Karen again. Uh, but I think that, uh, I don't know. I mean, that you, then you're, then you're like entering like punt territory where like, do I just consider Zaha, right? He's got mm-hmm. like, 
Villa and Brentford and two of the next three, but he's got a, he has got a Man City match thrown in there as well. I can't bring in any of the Man City. It's probably a, a problem a lot of us have, which is I can't bring in any of the Man City midfielders because I'm already tripled up uh, and Man City assets. And so that sort of closes the door mm-hmm. there. Um, that would actually be the problem with, with Kevin De Bruyne too, is to, for me to do that, I'd almost have to wildcard, right? Because yeah. there's, there's kind of no other way for me to, I got, I'm not going to drop, Kyle Walker for a hit, you know, like that's, that's just, you know, <laughs> it's not, yeah, yeah, that's not good fantasy. That's too many clean sheets, you know, coming. So, yeah. um, yeah. And so I think that it's, you sort of look, I mean, then it's like the Trossard. I mean, do you want to consider a Trossard? I, I wouldn't, I'm not hugely enthusiastic about that. He's, he, I, I, you raised my eyebrow there. I think Trossard among all these options is good enough. Uh, I think the system that Graham Potter's got now or Trossard is out left kind of in a left wing role <laughs> looks good. I mean, so long as uh, Danny Welbeck can keep up his form and fitness, I feel like the rest of those, the the Brighton mids will benefit. But it is like, while while I think Trossard is a, is a more compelling option than the likes of Zaha right now, still punt. I agree with you. Still punt. Pascal Grob. Still a punt. Pascal Gross. Uh, he's he's up to 5.6 million. He's already dropped up. Uh, the up only a player bit. I've seen take a less confident penalty than Declan Rice is Pascal Grob. I know. Now we know that it's gross, but it is. It's it's about seeing that 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 spelling that just gross, you want to say Grob. My 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 my. Every part of me just wants to say Grob, yeah, so I'm going to say it. I I think that James Madison is the one. I talked about him at the start of the pod. I think that. He looks like he's in form. They play Southampton at home. Uh, Chelsea away in game week four is the only thing that kind of throws me off. But at Southampton, Chelsea away, Man United, Brighton, and Villa. Um, so I, I'd say, you know, at least three of the next five are, are really strong fixtures. And if we're talking about a tricky okay, – here's – I mean, but really, I mean, should I just be looking more at Saka? I mean, in your case, I, I understand the move because you needed to bring in – you need to bring in Martinelli. Uh, he was rising in price again. Uh, it frees up $1.8 million or $1.9 million in your, now to – you know, to throw that somewhere else. But in yeah. my case where my, I like the team, my, my, I basically like my team. Uh, but I, I feel like Mount is not the answer. I, I can also just keep Mason Mount. I mean, they play leads away in game week three. It's, it's, it's you know, not a bad situation to be in. I would yeah, say. Yeah. But then it's like, am I just, do I just make one move? You know, do I just go like Robbo to Reese James and, and then have two transfers for the next week? Like, we all know that's a that's, way to curse your team. To uh, to roll a second free transfer yeah. is a quick quick way to final destination. Your team. I already feel cursed. It's the curse <laughs> of two transfers. Yeah. You get two transfers and you think that you've got to use both of them. You know this is this is the problem that so many of us have run into. You end up over tinkering with your squad. Mm-hmm. So I maybe I'll just make one move and, and you know and, and figure it out. But I think uh, I mean you know I think that there are. I would say I have not outside of James Madison has looked really good. I'm not sold on Rodrigo yet, and and I think the Chelsea match. Uh, makes me feel like I want to I want to wait on him a little bit, and at that point I I just don't see anyone in this kind of pool of players that I'm just hugely enthusiastic about. I mean Jared Bowen I you know I did not see enough to to be compelled by him. Yeah. Um, I mean I, I guess one move that I would consider honestly is if I just went Robert to James I could bring in Luis Diaz and just kind of admit that I made of 
may have made a mistake there. I could I could go Robbo to James. Then that would mean I'd have two Liverpool players so I could bring in Luis Diaz. I can't do yeah. that without dropping Robbo. And then I'd have an extra million as well. You know, and so that might be kind of the long-term strategy that makes the most sense. It's probably what I should have done, honestly, going into game week one. Um, and many people listening probably did do exactly that. But, you know, part of a long fantasy season is not, especially we were at 36 weeks to go. I mean, part of the, the season is just admitting you know, I think I might've got that one wrong and not sort of doubling down or being stubborn or, you know, like wanting to be right, despite what reality is telling you, uh, you know, just fix it for game week three, which is about as early (laughs) as you could possibly fix this problem. And then pretty early. Yeah. And then just move on. I mean, and also like Robertson's going to score like 27 points tomorrow, Brandon, it's going to make this (laughs) conversation even trickier. Well, that'll be, that'll be fun because Luis Diaz is going to then score 30 points. Right. Exactly. uh, Wow. What a game. What a game. Yeah. I, I like (laughs) this approach in the midfield, the sort of like go big or go home sort of approach because yeah the the main thing that I got wrong going into game week one was Leon Bailey and what you the worst case scenario is when you try to get cute in your midfield is end up with a player who you kind of need to start right game week in game week out who you're yep. not sure is going to play and if mm-hmm. it does play you're not sure he's going to do anything and that's Leon Bailey unfortunately we read that situation incorrectly so uh yeah I think the I think Bailey has to just become somebody that I'm either happy to bench like De Silva or he has to become like if I had enough money to uh, I would have moved Saka to Martinelli and then I could just turn Bailey into Saka. What a fun way to spend two free transfers. I wonder <laughs> if anybody's be, ever done that for free. Amazing. You kind of flip the cat. You start <laughs> like flipping assets in one game week for free. That's the way that you would be do it. it. What, what are, what, you know, what do you think? I mean, are, are you, is your plan right now to hold Bailey for a week? Is it to, I mean, a lot of people listening have Bailey. Yeah. So like, what are your, you know, are you going to, I mean, like when you look at your team for game week uh, three right now, yeah. uh, your bus team, and by the way, because it's, it's kind of a lot already, but just a reminder, your bus team is a, is a long, a long joke saying back to, I don't even know what year of this podcast. And the idea is basically if you get hit by a bus, you want to make sure, you know, if you get hit by a bus on a Tuesday and you're in a coma for five days and yep. then you wake up on Saturday afternoon, Brandon, you cannot be stuck with a team that hasn't been set for game week three. Right. Yep. So you got to set that bus team. So in your bus team right now, who do you have? Um, like, you know, where, where is Bailey? Is he in the bench? Is he starting? Bailey's starting right now. Uh, and I have Pereira for Fulham on the bench, along with Kieran Trippier and Archer. Okay. So the plan here would be, and I have uh, 1.9 in the bank. Do I turn Bailey into one of these soft, punty midfielders, which you know we're kind of like arguing against that tactic right now? Mm-hmm. The other option would be I don't love Newcastle's fixtures coming up at the next. They've got Liverpool and City in the next three match weeks. Maybe I just take my 14 points from Trippier and say, thank you, good sir, and send him on his way yeah. and turn him into somebody like Reese James. And then I can play four or five. Well, I have four at the back right now with Nico Williams. I could play five at the back and bench Bailey and figure out what to do with Bailey later on. Or uh, the third option is to take Archer and move him up to somebody like Mbomo. Uh, somebody, right, because you can uh, afford that now. Yeah. yeah. That's an interesting that 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 would be kind of appealing. I could see the appeal of that. I, I want to I do want to talk about forwards for a second, but just one final thought here, which is that we we did mention Kulisevsky, and I think there had been some concern that that with Richarlison, I, I felt a little bit of this concern that with Charleston coming on, that he might be uh, 
the you know the player that would make way when when Charleston came on late, and I, I think you saw the strategy now, which is that if we need points, we're just going to have all these guys out there. Um, not a great game for Kulisowski. Not really a great game for for anyone on, on in the Spurs attack. Honestly, it's sure. a miracle he scored two goals in that game. Um, and you know, I think that I think that we'll see a very different version of him in game week three. Um, and you know, he's up to he's only eight point one million, so that would be another option too. Instead of going Diaz, I could go um, Kulisowski. Um, Spurs do have terrific fixtures wolves forest west ham fallen in the next four so you know another another player to consider but i think in general i guess my takeaway here is i wouldn't force a move um and i i, I will not force a move um i will you know if i bring in Luis like Luis diaz i'm just gonna admit that i made a mistake um and and just like and just enjoy the points from there on out yeah and then there's there's really no one i would say who's emerged over the first two weeks that has really blown me away sometimes this this you know it's outside of martinelli who i already had but you know i think sometimes you get into a couple weeks in and there's just a bunch of players you're like wow like this guy this player in this promoted team jesse lingard right like lingard had like a, a couple of moments for us today um but sometimes there's like a newly promoted player and everyone just like like burst to get that guy in and i i don't feel like i'm feeling that way yet when it comes to the the midfielders no, I agree. I think which takes us to the forwards because uh, it's been very, it's already been a roller coaster for Mitrovic yep. this season uh, with his brace in game week one and now a missed pen and negative points. So, it, which brings us back to the other part of West London and Brentford. And they have two great forward options in Tony and, and Boma. What would it yep. take if money were no object? Josh, yeah. Uh, who do you go for between Tony and Obama? Well, I, th- I think definitely Tony. I mean, and I think you saw why in game week two, which is that uh, even though Obama was the one who scored, Tony was the one who had two assists and and picked up bonus points, right? And it's just that, t- t- that with Tony, he's just a more he's kind of like a Firmino type, you know. I mean, he's sort of like it's just like he's he's really he's a he's a, a player who, who who plays as a forward, but also is very capable and and willing to and it seems unselfish i feel like and, and willing to get sort of get everybody else involved and get into the attack as well and so um it just it opens up it, you know it's a little bit like that we were talking with defenders where there's two ways to create fantasy points right it's you know mm-hmm. it's you can either get a clean sheet or you can get an attack in return with uh with the forward there's usually only one way which is that they usually only score right i mean there's it's a rare forward that has the ability to do both and and actually score, uh, you know, enough goals to be viable and set up enough other people to, to, to score themselves to, to, to be viable too. And so I think at 7 million, we're looking at a player who could possibly get double digit goals and assist this season. So I right. think that, I think, you know, in, in that regard, I think Tony makes a lot of sense. I mean, the reason that I, I was really high in Bomo is just that he's only 6 million, you know, he's just so cheap. Yeah. And with, with some of the expensive defenders I was considering going into the season, he was kind of the only one who really was able to fit uh, into my squad. We have not mentioned Gabriel Jesus really. Well, we've mentioned him, but we have not mentioned <laughs> just insane. like what he did against Leicester. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's really, yeah, it, to his credit, Brandon, to yeah. Brentford's credit, to Jesus' credit, to everyone's credit. No, but he was, he was, he was awesome. It's actually crazy he didn't get a, a hat trick because he was well, so this involved. Well, this yeah. is what was killing me is particularly with Saka, he was just, he seemed consumed by the Jesus hat trick. He's like, well, I got to put this on a platter for my man Jesus. Right. And I'm like, come on. Um, I'm dying here uh, without Martinelli. So, uh, which like, I think like I, I mentioned the, the idea of going Holland and Kane and that's a bit fanciful knowing that 
Jesus is supremely undroppable. Yeah. Yep. So yep. I, I think that's why maybe Kane, the, the Kane Holland double up is, is really just like pure fantasy uh, until another uh, month or so until somebody gives because Jesus hasn't given way. I don't consider Holland's not scoring this week, week yep. him giving way to no. priority. No, 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 exactly. The Holland thing. Well, we'll, t- we'll talk more about him in a minute. Cause I, I do want to talk, we'll talk about Jesus too. Cause I, I think that Salah versus Jesus versus Holland is a great uh, question to sort of end this, in this week's pod, but just on the forwards, I think that you have Holland and Kane who are sort of the two dominant FBL assets. We have Darwin. I think we got to put a pin in Darwin for the moment, mm-hmm. uh, just because I really want to see that match tomorrow and, and, and evaluate there. So we can talk more about that on our, our Patreon pod on Thursday. But I think I think Tony is is the next kind of strongest contender. I think the Mitro, I don't know. I mean, what you know, did you see in, like enough from Mitro? I know you weren't watching that match in full, but mm-hmm. you know, did, did anything change for you in game week two? I mean, it was just kind of a it was a tricky away match, right? It was a tricky away match, definitely a weekend for the home teams. Uh I I, I think I think the result tells us more about Wolves, I think. Uh, because when when to flatter Tim Ream in the Premier League means you've you've really done something bad and and wrong. Yeah. As much as I love Tim Ream, uh, and then Mitro, a match like that does expose the the, the weakness of Mitro's mobility and to break down more defensively sturdy teams with big center backs who can yeah. mark you on set pieces. You have to be a little quicker, a little more mobile. So, yeah. Mitro, I think uh, he's he's going to be streaky, and he's going to be largely fixture dependent. He's going to be a free hit guy. Okay, the fixtures yeah. look good. I think he will match up against well, this defense really well. And looking at that lens, they've got Arsenal away, Spurs away, and Chelsea in the next uh, three, yep. the next five. So, I think we can, yeah, we can we can put a little pin in, in Mitro for the moment. I think uh, Vardy. <laughs> I don't know. Almost won a pen. Kind of dove a little bit, but you know, whatever. Uh, Vitro. Then you got Havertz. Not an option. Bamford injured. Watkins. I, I, you know, I'm just. I don't know. I'm just not seeing like a, a ton outside of that. Outside of the, that Brentford group. But that they they're kind of enough right now. I think that mm-hmm. Jesus, Jesus, Holland, and one of the Brentford guys sounds like if I was wild card in gimmick three, that that'd be my front line. I'd find a way to have those. You know, those three. Yeah, and Vardy is that 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 uh, dive against Ramsdale is worrying for a player like Vardy, who in his peak would be very confident that he could just run past that uh, Vardy, or run past Ramsdale and try to shoot from a very tough angle. So that's just like a lack of confidence and a concern that he's he's losing his speed. Uh, A1E down to 5.9 already. Why did he, how did he drop so fast? That was like, <laughs> you have some faith. Well, I mean, that, that is, that is, uh, quite a story dropped so fast. I think because I thought they, Forrest were so dire against, yeah. uh, Newcastle last week, but you, you have to seeing how they performed at home against West Ham. Yeah. You would hope as a Forrest fan, that's the real Forrest. And that's probably, yeah. I mean, I thought they, they looked great going forward and they may have just been overawed by the occasion. St. James yeah. park is not an easy place to go to. I thought it when he looked really good. Yeah. Uh, That's the story with these promoted yeah, teams, right? right? They're, they're going to, they're going to put up some great results at home and then, and then just kind of get run over uh, a little bit on the road. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that, that brings us to the, to game week three, very interesting game week because we have this incredible captaincy debate. I think that, 
Spurs also have a, a sort of a nice a nice run of fixtures really kicks off for them. And I think we will probably see something closer to the Spurs that we saw in game week one. We didn't really talk about Perisic a lot on this podcast. I I guess I just don't want to see him start a match. And then, you know, Sassanian played reasonably well. And so I'm just like, unless Conte just comes out and says, yes, Perisic starts in game week three, I would probably <laughs> still hold off on, on oh, bringing yeah. him in. Yeah. Um, but I think you have three... Excellent captaincy options, not even counting the Spurs players, right? You have Gabriel Jesus away to Bournemouth. You have uh, Erlen Holland, just, you know, Newcastle is probably the best team of any of these kind of captain picks, but it's, it's Man City are just perennial, you know, they're going to run over people. And then you have uh, Mo Salah. Uh, at Old Trafford, uh, playing playing Man United, <laughs> is banter going to consume this season, it's like wonderful. on the pitch and in fantasy? Like so wonderful. <laughs> it's like all the managers seem to be losing their minds. Like from Bruno Lodge <laughs> against Jesse Marsh last week, Conte and uh, and Tuchel this week. Everyone's gonna want to captain a Liverpool yeah. player against Manchester United in game week uh. three for the banter. It's, it's just, just so fun. It I is love it. fun. It is it's fun. Great. I'm not. Com- yeah, I guess I'm not no, complaining. No, you're not. No, I know. I know you're not. It's just. It is. It's. It's great. It's great. The drama already feels so high this season, and and now I mean, Arsenal. Like to me, I'm like legitimately like okay, like maybe they can actually like, I don't know, like at least like you know, kind of be that team that stays yeah. with that stays with Man City and Liverpool. You know, at least in the, in the first 20, 25 weeks of the season. Are you um, watching yeah. the Amazon All or Nothing with you Arsenal know, right now? I started to watch it. I, I thought Saka came across really well. Um, yeah. I really, you know, he's the one pl- out of everybody. He was the one. Oh, he and Ramsdale. Ramsdale seems sure. like a delight. You, you clearly didn't get to the Jaka episode where you get to meet his lovely wife and children. It's no. like very tugs at the heartstrings. You're like, wow, do I yeah. like Jaka now? I think it's just a, it's like a little too scrubbed by Arsenal, you know, and I it I is it, like it, it yeah. is like Arteta is is getting gearing up to run for president yeah, or something. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's like it's it's fun to watch, but I, I can never quite shake the feeling that I'm watching something that's like that's been like a little sanitized. You know, I, I don't disagree with you, but having watched all the episodes that are currently available, I am like all in on. I I I I have been consistently an Arteta believer, I think, if you go back in, into the archives. Mm-hmm. But I'm all in on the Arteta project, Me too. I think. Totally. I think it rolls on. I think they're just like so primed for a good season. Yeah. And yeah, so it's like the next level for Arsenal in fantasy is dare we captain an Arsenal asset. When is that yeah. week going to come? So, it's probably been a lot in like numerous seasons. Maybe not yeah. since Alexis Sanchez when we've captained an Arsenal player. It's a hard thing to do. Um, I think that ultimately Jesus is not going to be my captain or my vice captain this week because it's just what I talked about a minute ago, which is that these promoted clubs have another level when they play at home. And I think that even though I expect Arsenal to win this match, I do not think it's going to be nearly as easy um, as it was um, the first you know, honestly, the first two matches, it really felt like it was never totally in doubt in the Palace match either in game no way, one. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think that, you know, I, I mean, Bournemouth just really got shellacked in, in game week two. And I could see them maybe in front of the home fans coming out a little stronger. I mean, I guess that would be the argument for Man United, uh, at, you know, hosting Liverpool. That's going to be a Monday night match, too. But my worry is just that I don't know who could stop them like who is like 
they're like they're like five six center back like Harry Maguire who has no confidence. <laughs> like, is it? You remember um, who who's the who's the American comedian who did those dwarf videos? <laughs> yeah, I Tim Conway. Remember. Yeah, Tim Conway. <laughs> it's like it's like dwarf at center back. <laughs> I feel bad because everyone's like, oh no, he's like the next Carlos Pollo or whatever, and it's like okay, <laughs> like fair enough. But Me, meanwhile, Ben Me scores a goal where he's like half fallen down and he's still taller than uh, Martinez. I know. And like, I, I want this to work. It's just like, it's kind of funny that Man United was the club that bought him because like they're, they don't seem like the club to like experiment with no. like a unique center back strategy. It feels like that's maybe not, that was not the most pressing issue for them. Um, and their fullbacks are, I mean, maybe, maybe they dust off Juan Basaka again, like, you know, pull him out of mothballs for this match. I don't really, I don't really know. I mean, is he just done now? Like he's, he's sort of, he's still in this team, right? Like, is he, he's not injured or anything. No, I'm on the, is. I'm on the stats page for Manchester United right now. Uh, leading scorer is uh, Christian Eriksen with four points. Wow. You'd be better off having a non-playing Manchester United defender because there are three uh, lowest That's scoring incredible. players are Maguire, Shaw, and Martinez, all with a cumulative minus one. So Erickson is the highest scoring player in Man United, and that's four points, and that is literally two appearance points times two, which puts him above everyone else. Yep. He had two points in game week one, two points in game week two, and nobody else was able to match those two points. You, The closest you can get is a three-way tie for third between mm-hmm. Bruno Rashford and Sancho, and even they yeah. couldn't quite reach uh four which just tells me that uh those those guys couldn't muster uh a second yellow card at any point not even david de gea even de gea couldn't get enough saves to oh man poor de gea that first goal conceded that was that was rough so you have de gea with no confidence you've got mcguire with no confidence you've got some pretty poor fullbacks you've got some center backs that aren't really clicking right now uh, I mean, the Martinez uh, Van Dyke battle should be fascinating, right? Jeez, like it's, oh my uh, God. Yeah. So you got, uh, you know, what feels like a really one sided um, competition. I, I, I have to have the, the armband on, on Salah right now. However, with all that said, I will make an argument for Erling Holland. Okay. Go on, lad. My argument for Erling Holland is that Erling Holland is a player that thrives on space. Erling Holland will get space in this match because. Much like in game week one, West Ham and Newcastle are very similar. It's a very similar situation, I think, which is that West Ham and Newcastle are both going to be in front of their home fans. They're both going to be trying to actually win this game, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like the Bournemouth, Bournemouth were trying to get out of there with no injuries, right? It's a totally <laughs> different situation. So, you know, yeah. when, you, when you, Newcastle will be trying to win. And you ever like will... a hold your, hold your breath in the car while you're driving past a cemetery? Yeah, that's uh, what they did for 90 yeah, minutes. Yeah, that's what exactly. Bournemouth did. Yeah, they're like, yeah, it was only four goals. Great. All right, that's fine. Um, so I, I think that you are going to see a lot of opportunities for Holland to break away and show his speed in this match. I'd be, I'd actually be very surprised if he didn't score uh, in in this in this in this game. Um, however, I think that Salah could could just put together a really big kind of goals, multiple goals, and an assist. And a clean sheet bonus mm-hmm. point kind of performance. And, you know, so you could see Holland get 13 points and you could see Salah get 18, sure. right? I don't even know how you get to 18, but you know what I mean? Like just like some sort of combination of different things that that makes him the, the superior captain pick. Do you disagree with me there? 
I don't. The thing about Sala is he's listening. He hears what you're saying. You know, like every yeah. post match interview, which like uh, somebody said, well, you scored these goals and this, and he's he corrects them. He's like, actually, you know, I'm not a forward. I'm a midfielder. I'm a winger. Mm-hmm. Or actually, I hold this record. He's paying attention. He knows when people are saying, well, you know, Sala got the goal, but he was really kind of peripheral to what Liverpool were doing. The real guy here is darwin nunez i mean i don't think this i'm not trying to make an argument to diminish nunez at all but yeah Salah's going to come out whether he does it against palace he will certainly want to do it at old trafford it's just yeah press the sala agenda that's what he's all about also why is erickson being treated like a better player than bruno fernandez like is that even true i mean i like i know maybe at his peak it was he's, true, he's look at the scoreboard josh bruno has three points that's true. Erickson has four. He's that. clearly Wait, better. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. We haven't looked at my beloved ICT index yet. Okay. Okay. All right. Before I look, who do you think is 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 higher, Erickson or Bruno? Uh. Well, which which is that like a cumulative thing? Like okay, I'll it's, I'll just say yeah. Bruno is higher. It's a total, Bruno it's has a cumulative thing. Yeah. Uh, Erickson is seventeenth in the ICT index, and Bruno is. 32nd. So he's wow. crushing him. Okay. Almost, yeah, uh-huh. almost half as as so yeah, I think that uh yeah, I I I, I think that he's gonna yeah, I think you're right. I think that going to man going to Old Trafford, he's gonna be pumped up for that game. Yeah. Uh that doesn't always bring out the best in him. Uh, but I think that I think I think it will in this case. I think that um again, it's a little it's actually I mean you can make the same argument that you made for for Holland, which is that many are, are gonna have to try to put together a performance that that makes their fans feel okay about this club, right? They 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 can it cannot be a Bournemouth at Man City situation where they just sit back and try to lose by as few goals as possible, right? They're gonna and that well, that, yeah. that 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 that's yeah. good for Salah, right? That that means that he's he'll be able to go up against Martinez and whoever they play, like Luke Shaw or or uh, Malasia. Like it's you know it's there's not a lot of uh, know, that. I that's just it. Like there's no iteration of this Manchester United squad that would uh, make you feel like Liverpool aren't going to score a few goals. Even if Ten Hag says, you know, the best possible result here is a nil-nil. We'll we'll pack the box and make it really difficult for them. And, uh, you know, there lies penalties, I would suggest. I feel like they should just give Ten Hag like three years. You know, as long as they don't get relegated. I think they should give him three years sabbatical and say, why don't you come back in three years and we'll have a bunch of new players for you. Yeah, it's just like, what what is he supposed to do right now? You know, there's nothing he can do right now. It's like, just... Just give him, you know, like just just let him. They have to pick a manager at some point and just say, "All right, here's a you get a couple years sure. to to turn this thing." The around. argument against Ten Hag is he is supposed to be a master organizer, and mm-hmm. uh, if just looking at how they played against Brentford, even just like flash forward to the second half when yeah. Ten Hag's had an opportunity to make some changes, they were just completely all out of sorts. And if he can't, yeah, can just control the shape of the team, I. Uh, I'm actually a little surprised that Wambasaka didn't get some didn't get some minutes in yeah. any of those first two matches because I mean I know that he can't cross but like he's a he's a very strong defender right like he's a he's yeah. a ball winner you know yeah. and so yeah. I, yeah. I it feels like he could have been helpful there but um again this, this you, again this is what I'm talking about every conversation I could easily default to just talking about Man United for 20 I love it I yeah. I am addicted to talking about this club <laughs> we all are yeah we all are so I I think in the end my ranking would be even though poor Jesus has does not gotten nearly as much shine on this podcast as they should, I think you're right to 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 highlight that. But I think ultimately, I'm, I would still go um, Sala, Holland, 
and Jesus. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think the, the spots two and three are, are at least a debate. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's good. So, you know, watch the space for developments on yeah. game week three. We'll be watching the palace Liverpool match with great interest and see how that might change our thoughts. Uh, check us out at patreoncom slash always cheating to tune in for that, uh, uh, Patreon only podcast later in the week where we'll confirm sort of what we're doing as far as transfers and captaincies, anything else you want to touch upon for game week three, Josh? Nope. Nope. I think, I think, I think you're right to, to end the podcast. Get us out of here. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, the way we do that, Josh is by thanking our, uh, producer patrons, uh, and I'll pass the mic to you. Sure. Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, our buddy Chris Howell, Babas Kuhn, James Holland, Dave Wagner-Lodal, Nick Wright, Lazarus Sinoas, Jesse Halstead, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jackson, James Conroy, Bruce Chur, Brian, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, Rich Evans, Blair Jacobson. By the way, isn't Bruce coming from Australia for this? I, be- uh, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Oh. We'll have to show him uh, some That's real awesome. American hospitality. That's right. The Amer- American style. <laughs> We're uh, known for it, aren't we? <laughs> Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Mikey Yuang, Shiv Majoria, Andy Portlock, Dan Parsons, Shellen F. Kadakia, Terrence O'Donnell, Paul Herzig, Heath Cram, Robert Morrells. At FPL Merch, Kerry Swanson, Jefferson Turner, Francis Moore, Sam Shower, Jeremy Spiker, Kyle Robbie, Lee Hickman, Bulger, Paulson, Kruger. And that is it. Thank you so much to all of our Patreon supporters. And rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Never miss an episode. Follow us on Twitter. Josh is tweeting there all the time at Hail Cheaters. Go to our website, alwayscheating.com, for all this information and more. Uh, Poku Forever. And if you want to know what Poku Forever means, Josh, Go to our YouTube channel, which we're like slowly, steadily putting some more video content Very up slowly. there. I feel like I have to keep saying that because the listen numbers are, are <laughs> low and I'm like, listen, we get a lot of people listen. All right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh-huh. Um, but we we have a, a glossary of a short video up there of Josh and I talking mm-hmm. about a glossary of inside jokes here on mm-hmm. Always Cheating, yeah. including Bus Team, Poku Forever. What does the name of this podcast mean, et cetera? Yeah. I think it's a pretty fun way to spend 10 minutes on YouTube. Yeah, I think so too. We got we actually uh, recorded a, a, a video for Fest too uh, that we're going to roll out this week as well, so you can see more of uh, more of me in a blazer at least, and more of Brandon, <laughs> one of his beloved short coats. I love it. So short yeah, so uh, hit us up, and uh, you know if you want to support the podcast, that would be awesome. You can go to Patreon.com/slash Always Cheating to do so, uh, and uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for supporting. Thanks for listening to the podcast, and uh, we'll see you next week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.